Welcome back. Today we're talking about implied curriculum and I'm sure that you've been doing your reading and that you know un understand completely what implied curriculum is. But I'm going to talk a little bit about the differences between the stated curriculum and those things that we have as implied curriculum in a school system. Of course the stated curriculum would be those things that are stated in the course manual or the, or the um, materials that have been laid out by the school system. Fourth grade is going to study this history, state history. This uh, class will cover 1600s through current time. It's going to lay out specifically and clearly those things that are expected from the students and the material that the teacher is expected to cover. That's the stated curriculum. The stated curriculum would also include those textbooks, those materials that the school has adopted for that use, but in, on an individual teacher's plate, it would of course involve those things that you bring in from home that to use as, in, as examples. It would be the the materials that you put on your bulletin boards, it would be the students' assignments, all those things would form the stated, accepted curriculum that everybody recognizes is being used. Now implied curriculum is totally different. Implied curriculum is everything that is not stated but is implicit in the teaching of that particular material. It also can be the implied or implicit, just that little hint of something that's going on in a school. One of the things that you may see in any school system is a recognition of the difference between phys ed, which is a curriculum that is stated, it is laid out, it is completely designed. If you are doing phys ed with a seventh grade class, there will be things that are completely stated that that student should understand during that grade level. It might be something like they will learn volleyball, they will learn basketball, they will learn hockey, they will learn um, those things that are around that curriculum for seventh grade. That would be your physical education program that is the stated curriculum. There's a very different curriculum that goes with the athletic program. And many of you probably have experienced it yourself. You may have played football. You may have played after school basketball on the team that tried out and made the team and so on Friday night, your team would play and people would pay money to come and see you play. There is a, a much bigger implication that involves the athletic program than the phys ed program. In the phys ed program, it is accepted curriculum that everybody has to do so much of it. In every school system, there are so many required credits, usually for the physical education program. Not everybody has to do the athletic program. The athletic program is usually based on ability. 
and ability says something about you. It says, I am a little bit better athletically than you are. And that implication carries with it for many students the acceptance that they are better, the ability to act like they are better, the ability to treat others with disdain. Often those people that are in the athletic program are allowed to leave class, to go on a bus, to take a trip with the, with the team, and they get out of doing assignments. Sometimes, and I would never say that this is happening in your school, but it has been known to happen that grades have been altered to allow students to stay on teams. So those, those implications that we allow in a school system say so much. What are we telling students by the things that we imply by what we do? Students make implications. They understand the implications. If we allow that group of athletes to get up and leave during the middle of American history, what does that say? If we allow the cheerleaders to get out of doing uh, a job around the school that everybody else has to do because they are making posters for the football game. What does that say about that group? We have to remember as teachers and parents and educators and those that design curriculum that everything we say in a classroom, explicitly and implicitly, is carrying the message that we want students to have. We want as believers for them to understand that their value is not tied up in their ability to do mathematics and to win the mathematic contest. It's not tied up with the science fair and winning the science fair. Your, your value, your worth as a human being is not tied to your ability, it is implicit in who you are as a human being. And we've got to be careful in our curriculum that everything we say, everything we do, values that human and works from their strengths, works from their gifts, works from their areas of talent to pull up those areas that are weak and doesn't say to them, you're less than this other student because that student can kick a football better than you can or that student is better in math than you are. Our curriculum, that that we adopt and say, yes, this is what we're going with, but also every implication we make by those that we accept, those that we honor, those that we, we celebrate, says you are a valuable human being. And I want that for you. I want you to recognize in yourself your value, your student's value. That's what we hope. That's what, as a believer, we want to see in, in the educators that we put into the school systems. I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a good assignment. And this is a piece of cake for you. Have a great week. Bye-bye.